Coming up on The Potter's Touch. If you get me, you got an exceptional man. If you get me, you got an exceptional woman. If you get me, you got an exceptional child. If you get me, you got an exceptional worker. I am... I'm Pastor Cora Jakes Coleman, and you are watching The Potter's Touch. Today's message will truly bless you. Our bishop will speak to us about what it means to be exceptional. There is greatness on the inside of you. Today, you will learn how to walk in it. So take a look. And I was coming up on Sunday, and, and I really didn't have a word. I started going through my Bible and said, Lord, I need, I need a word for your people. I need a word to feed your people. And I was reading through the word of God and this text leaped out at me. Is not this Joseph's son? I said, oh, that's nice. <laughs> What's important about that? He said, keep reading it. Is not this Joseph's son? Put the text in the context, visualize the moment. See what is being said here. Jesus has appeared in the synagogue to the religious people to declare this is a time, this is the day, this is the hour. He challenged the way they saw their faith. He's challenged the way they viewed their God. He challenged their routines and their ritualisms, their doctrines and their ideas. God, not challenging the world, Challenging the religious. This is the first date out the gate. This is the first moment and he challenges not the world, not the sinners, not the adulterers, not the whoremongers. He challenges the religious. If you are an emancipator and you're getting ready to liberate, you should start with the ones that are the most oppressed. And he starts. <laughs> the religious, the sanctimonious, the self-righteous, the holier than thou, the aristocracy of the kingdom. He challenges them because he has taken their religion out of its historical context or its prophetical understanding and brought it into the present tense of this moment. And religious people get challenged when their faith must be proven in the moment. We love to talk about the history, we love to talk about the destiny, but we shy away from the now. What? <laughs> we preach about what used to be, we shout about what's going to be, and we live in hell right now. He said, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your eyes. Right now, right here, in this moment, this is it. What was the problem with that? The problem was they did not recognize what God was doing in the present moment of their lives. Now, I want to ask you, do you recognize what God is doing in the present moment of your life? 
Do you recognize who you are standing in the midst of? Do you understand what you've got? Do you know what's going on? Or have you relegated your God to the corners of your life, either what he did for you yesterday or what he's going to do for you tomorrow and not recognize what he's doing for you right now? Right now, in the midst of your normalcy, in the midst of your ordinariness, God is doing something right now, but do you see it? And if I would challenge you to see it, could you handle it? He says, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your eyes. He didn't get in any trouble reading the scripture. They love to have you read the scriptures. As long as the historical scriptures do not inform your contemporary life, people are fine with historical context of God. Michelangelo, great paintings on cathedrals and anthems, we love it. Handel's Messiah, we love it. We love all the historical relevance of God. But when you have a God that is contemporary in the moment you face right now, people say, no, 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 no. We'll either do it in heaven or we'll study what he did in the past, but we shy away from God invading this present moment. But I need a God who can invade my present moment. I don't need a God who invades my yesterday and my tomorrow. I need a God that can invade my right now in this moment. This day is the scripture fulfilled in your saying. And, and, and so when Jesus did this, I love how he did it. The Bible said, and anytime the Bible takes the time to tell you something, it's powerful. He closed the book, said it's over. It's bad, ain't it? He says, service is over. Class dismissed. <laughs> Wait a minute, Jesus, you ain't been to, we, we, you ain't been to service for a minute. You came up here and read the scripture and, and shut the book up? He said, class dismissed and sat down. <laughs> and uh, the Bible said they marveled at his words, the profundity of his words, the power of his word. The excellence of his word. They were shocked at his word. The bodacious manner in which he spoke. The articulation with which he declared the infallible, immutable, everlasting, eternal word of God. And the church was shocked. They marveled at his words. Because he had done an exceptional thing in how he declared it and articulated it and defined it. He had brought it into a contemporary setting and they, they marveled at it, but marveling isn't believing it. You can be impressed and not be changed. You can be inspired and not be moved. <laughs> You can get goose pimples and chill bumps and all of that kind of stuff and go right back to being who you were before. They marveled at it, but they, they weren't moved by it. And the reason they were not moved is because they then put him back in the context of their understanding by saying, is not this Joseph's son? <laughs> that one sentence is what stops people from doing great things for God. Because people always want to incarcerate you into how they understand you to be. Good God, I'm preaching. I'm preaching right now. I ain't dropped a sweat and I'm preaching the house down. 
always dragging you back into how they see you. Every time you want to step into divinity and into the supernatural context of what God has called you to be, there's always some little person, some little idea, some little rumor, some little naysayer, some little gossiper, some little hater who's saying, child, don't pay no attention to her. I knew her when. Is not this Joseph's son? Good God of mercy. If we don't answer this question, we'll not, never do anything exceptional. Whose child are you? Because you're going to act just like your daddy. Is not this Joseph's son? Well, the truth of the matter, no. <laughs> he was not Joseph's son. He was the only begotten son of God. But Joseph was the father they saw And they defined him by what they saw and they said, is not this Joseph's son? And they incarcerated him to walk into the realm of their understanding. Is not this Joseph's son? What are they saying about you that's stopping you? Will you be limited to how other people define you? Will you spend the rest of your life living up to their ideas of who you are? Or do you have the courage to break the mold? This sermon today is not for the status quo. It is not for the ordinary. It is not for the routine or the ritualistic. This is for jailbreak people who will not wait to be released, but you are going to break out of the dungeon of mediocrity <laughs> and step into the realm of exceptionalism. This is your moment. It is now or never. If you don't do it now, you're not going to do it at all. You have to make up in your mind whether you are going to be Joseph's son or not. This is the moment. And the question is, is not this Joseph's son? And what is your answer? I am not who you think I am. 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 How dare you define me by your understanding. I am not who you say I am. Is not this Joseph's son? What is your answer? I am not Joseph's son. He raised me but I am not trapped to where I came from. 
I am not bound by who raised me. It raised me, I was in it, but I'm not of it. One of the things I like about this is that it defies any category as it relates to black women, brown women, white women, young women, older women will all find some reflection at the masterclass of themselves. Don't come if you're a woman full of excuses because this will leave you with no excuse. You've got the burning and you've got the anointing, but you don't have the structure. And so many, many times you're locked out 20 years and end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years when you could have got to the promised land in a year had you had an opportunity to sit with somebody who did it and they showed you how to avoid some of the pitfalls and the delays that are set by. There are some of us at all ages who don't have time to make mistakes. Very few of us will ever get an opportunity to sit in the room with somebody who's a master at what they do. This day, the scriptures are fulfilled in your eyes. So they, they, begin to, they begin to banter with Jesus. And they say, we, we hear all of these great things that you're doing, why don't, why don't you do them here? And Jesus said, it is written that a prophet is without honor in his own country. God. The first question is not this Joseph's son says, who do you belong to? And Jesus says, the reason I cannot do mighty works is because a prophet is without honor in his own country. This is a fight between ordinariness and exceptionalism. Why could a prophet not do great works in his own country? A prophet is without honor in his own country without honor. A prophet is, not, is without honor. He is not seen correctly in his own country. Why is that? Because their view of him, not his view of him, determines their level to receive from him. And he said, the only thing that's limiting me from exceptionalism is how you see me. I want to talk a minute about exceptionalism. Y'all doing okay? Is this good? I, I, want to, I want to talk about exceptionalism. Exceptionalism is a concept, it's a secular concept that says any group or society or country or people or persons who have been endowed with a certain level of creativity, uniqueness, or power in spite of the environment from which they were extrapolated, they fit the definition of exceptionalism. Exceptionalism does not necessarily mean superiority. Okay. It, it is not arrogant. It is not arrogant. It does not say I am better than my peers. It just refuses to be incarcerated by the parameters of my peers. 
Don't confuse them. There's a narrow line between exceptionalism and superiority, but you gotta understand that line. You don't have to be arrogant or be superior or be condescending to be exceptional. Exceptionalism says that, that I am not defined by my environment. A prophet is without honor in his own country. Uh, exceptionalism says that I am not incarcerated by how you met me. Exceptionalism says that I was raised in Joseph's house, but I am not Joseph's son. Exceptionalism. Later in history, we exceptionalism, the concept of exceptionalism married itself to America and there is a term called American exceptionalism. I want to explain this. I'm going to tie all of this up. Just give me a minute. American exceptionalism lends itself to the ideology that America, who broke away from Great Britain and came over here to establish this country, refused to be just another country amongst the peers of its era, but chose to be exceptional and to stand out from the trends of its day. American exceptionalism does not originally and should not imply American superiority but rather says, in, in a world that is moving by horse, we will move by train. We will build steam engines and move our people from one end of the country to the other through exceptional technology. And because America saw itself as exceptional for three hundred years, most of the things that you call normal were in fact exceptional. Look at the things that if I took you back 300 years that would disappear. The fabrics that would fall off of your body. The dyes and colors that were not available 300 years ago. The, the eyeglasses that you wear. The technology that you're accustomed to. The electricity that fuels the technology. The automobiles, the transportation, the communication, all disappears in ordinariness. Exceptionalism is the birthing place of creativity. Exceptionalism says, I break the trends, I break the rules, I will not be incarcerated by the limitations of the thinking of the people around me. Exceptionalism goes beyond the physical, it goes to the mentality with which you think. So exceptionalism is what we are focusing on today to understand not just exceptionalism, not just American exceptionalism, but we are putting that concept in the context of this text to say this is not Joseph's son. I will not live up to your low expectations of who I am. I will do things that have never been done before. I will break out of the box. I will break out of the rules. I will not live my life and only go as far as my mother did. I will go further than my mother did. I will go further than my father did. I will be, go, go beyond what my grandmother did because I will not be limited to the house I was born in. I will be exceptional. Now, when they asked him, is not this Joseph's son, they really were throwing off how did you get to talk like that? Your daddy is a carpenter. Stay in your place. Be like your kinfolks. Act like your relatives. Live like your neighborhood. 
What are you doing driving that kind of car? You mean you going to school? Aren't you Joseph's son? How dare you open up your own business, stay in your place. You're Joseph's son. <clears throat> You're supposed to be swinging a hammer, driving in nails, stay in your place. I saw where you came from. Is not this Joseph's son? Only you can answer. The question before you is, will you be ordinary, fit in with the pack, run with the wolves, or will you step out and be exceptional? Not superior, just exceptional. Root word to exceptional is accept. You can't be exceptional if you don't have the word accept. Accept. It, it, it happened to everybody. They all live that way they all think that way. They all felt privy to that. It, oh my God. Are, are, are you going to be one of them or are you going to be exceptional? I think, I'm not sure, but I think there are some exceptional people in this church. Let all the exceptional people identify yourself this morning. Oh my God, I feel something in this place this morning. Touch somebody and say, everybody except me. Everybody except me. You can fill in the blank any way you want to. Everybody except me. Everybody stayed except me. Everybody quit except me. Everybody fainted except me. Everybody committed suicide except me. Everybody died except me. Everybody lost their mind except me. Everybody quit. Let the exceptional people give God a praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want you to be bold. I want you to be radical. I want you to be tenacious and walk over to somebody, look them straight in the eye, shake them by the hand, and tell them, I am exceptional. I am exceptional. Yeah. If you get me, you got an exceptional man. If you get me, you got an exceptional woman. If you get me, you got an exceptional child. If you get me, you got an exceptional worker. I am. Let the exceptional people give God a praise right now. So Jesus, who is exceptional, is having a conversation with ordinary. And exceptional and ordinary always have a conflict. Anytime exceptional people dwell in the midst of ordinary thinking people, there's always going to be conflict. Don't try to get along with people who think ordinary when you know God made you to think exceptional. Don't even try to reason with them. Don't try to argue with them. Don't try to straighten them out. We speak two different languages. You are speaking ordinary and I am talking exceptional. Exceptional people make some noise. 
And so he said to them, I will not stay in my place. I will not nail nails and swing hammers. I will not live up to some dead reputation of some former ancestor and your interpretation of how you see somebody who looks like me, dresses like me, and walks like me. I am exceptional, a trendsetter, a rule breaker. I don't have to wear nobody's name but Jake's. I'm bad off. If you're in the balcony and you're exceptional, hit me with some noise up there. Let me. That was a mighty word from my father. God created you to be exceptional in every way. I knew it. Living a life of mediocrity is beneath your calling as a child of the king. Don't allow people's low expectations of you to set limitations on what God has said you can do. If God has placed a dream in your spirit and you are willing to align yourself with him, there isn't any devil in hell that can keep it from coming to pass. Allow God to set the standard in every aspect of your life and it will be impossible to be anything but exceptional. Oh, before we go, I want to thank all of our partners for their faithful giving. Your giving allows us to broadcast the message of the gospel in America and around the world. If you would like to become a member of our global partner system, just text the letters GPS and your giving amount to the numbers 28950. You can also visit us at tdjpartners.org. Thank you and God bless you. Find the courage to overcome average through T.D. Jake's series, Exceptionalism. You would be so much further if you would grasp the God of the church you go to rather than the church of the God you worship. For your gift to the ministry of any size, you will receive Exceptionalism, a two-DVD set. In the midst of your ordinariness, God is doing something right now, but do you see it? And when your gift is $100 or more, we will add a custom leather journal plus the blessed and favored mug set. If you are connected with the roles you have and the life you want to live, if you are not connected, you are paralyzed. Maybe that's why you're not respected, because you can't be respected if you're not. When you choose to be ordinary or exceptional. How many people want resurrection in every area of your life? In Canada, visit us online or call to order your digital downloads today. Celebrate yourself. Quit waiting on somebody to celebrate you. Celebrate yourself. Take yourself out to dinner. One of our least was a Sunday school class. And at that point, that was all I thought it was going to be. I think one of the powerful things that exploded the whole woman thou art loose was number one, a model, and number two, a male model. God has put something down inside of you. I'm just amazed at how this conference brings so many women together. I'm from Wisconsin, she's from Atlanta, she's from New York, and we became sisters instantly. I'm changed, I'm transformed. I'm
Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Touch.